0: So welcome, everybody. Um, I hope you can hear me well enough and uh, see the slides. Um, So welcome to the Strategy Cafe. Um, This morning's webinar is going to take just 25 minutes. um, And the idea of uh, this workshop is a little bit of um, stimulation uh, on the run in the morning, so two shots in your morning coffee. Uh, Shot one in the espresso will be a leader interview with Peter Callaghan, a great leader who can introduce himself in a minute. And then we're going to be talking about um, uncertainty and how to handle it. And in particular, thought there is um, do you worry about it? Have you got control of it? Uh, could you make it a competitive advantage? And we'll wrap up and summarize by 5'2. Uh, so uh, that's the plan. Hope you enjoy the webinar. A little bit of an introduction to uh, Alembic Strategy. Uh, so we help leaders tackle their most difficult problems, which means helping them with strategy. Uh, Helping them to change. I think the thing to say is that um, uh, There are a lot of opportunities out there and really the most difficult thing is working out which ones to prioritize and then How to help your leadership team and your organization respond uh, to uh, tackle them in the most effective way? So I quite like this uh, idea Uh, So on the left hand side there you can see uh, what we call the Alembic equation so realistic strategy plus capable motivated leadership plus right methodology equals successful change. And really the purpose of our, our organization is to help you achieve what you want to achieve. Um, a little bit about the London Leaders Forum. So this is our uh, leadership development network. It's got a number of key components. So we're gonna just talk a little bit about that towards the end. The Strategy Cafe is kind of part of it. So first of all, you get advisory support. So anyone who's a member of that will have one-on-one mentoring and coaching, depending on which one you want. Uh, Every month Um, each quarter we're going to meet up with uh, the uh, executives and directors in the group for um, leader presentation, uh, opportunity case study with your peers, work through some strategic thinking, then uh, have dinner, network and the last one to leave closes the door. Uh, So that's basically the idea and then that's connecting into uh, our online learning and development platform so you can get the resources that you and your team need as and when you need them and it plugs into a global leader uh, network with over 1,000 businesses worldwide uh, involved. Uh, We love its contemporary nature. We partner up with MindShop to provide this, um, and uh, so you can get access to um, coaching support 24-7, any of the day parts, uh, on your mobile, on your tablet, Um, We can customize tools for you and your team. So if you want to deal with a particular issue We can give you just the right resources that you need to do that So rather than going for a marketing program really it's problem orientated which we find really effective and and quite quick And it just gives you that additional uh, Just-in-time blended learning and accountability uh, To drive you forward so the system and your coach will kind of remind you of your key tasks and keep you moving forward with all of those things So we just find that really useful Just a quick reminder of why we're here, so um, uh, for those of you who've never read him, it's worth a read, Stephen Covey, uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Habit seven is what today is all about, so there's no point trying to saw down a tree with a blunt saw, Um, you've got to take the saw out and sharpen the saw, and a little bit of thinking is about sharpening your mind, sharpening your approach, and that's what this morning is. I'm just going to move forwards now and um, introduce um, Peter Callahan. Um, Peter is a very impressive, inspiring guy. Um, Peter, maybe you can give us a quick introduction and, uh, and then lead us ahead.
1: Yeah, what I'd like to uh, share with you today is a, is a theory I have about, or a practice I have about, which I call input management. And over the course of my career today, I've worked in a range of traditional and new industries in various countries, 39 so far, And I work for a range of people, owners, investors, lenders, governments. And the overriding learning from my experience so far is that outcomes depend entirely on how you manage the inputs. If you want to get the right outcomes, you've really got to manage the inputs. It's a bit like baking a cake. And so uh, if you look at... uh, Putting uh, the ingredients into a bowl, the chap here is, is working to a recipe, he's carefully weighing, he's got the ingredients on the table. The outcome of his baking is going to depend on the portions, the mixing and the baking of those ingredients. If you use quality ingredients, you're going to end up with consistently uh, excellent results. In other words, the outcomes are a result of the ingredients and the recipe that you're working through. And I think the same can be said of business processes: that the outputs from are the results of inputs coupled with their efficient use. Profitability of a business is 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 really based on the same formula: that the outcomes that we all seek cannot be achieved by looking in a rear, in the rear view mirror. They have to be managed by working to the recipe and managing the inputs. And but we know that businesses are not perfect; that they have some uh, leaks in them, and the inputs in the form of capital, labour, materials, etc., being placed in the mixing bowl, uh, sometimes don't always come out as you would like. But if it, if you do it correctly, they will. And um, the input management is about identifying where these leaks might occur before you start the mixing process and plugging them. So things like poor processes, uh, poor negotiation of contracts. Uh, accidents, stoppages, poor morale, poorly trained people, weak strategy, they're all things that will uh, detract from the expected results that we would like to achieve from a business. How I developed this was in my early years in the 1980s, it's a long time ago now, I was, I was working in the, with, in the automotive industry and we were implementing what was called JIT, Just In Time. And an important element of JIT was to create much higher levels of quality. And the Japanese recipe for improving quality was the mid, to minimise the period over which mistakes could occur. The old systems were that batches were large and they went on for long periods to minimize setup costs and uh, uh, etc. But this often resulted in a portion of the output being uh, unacceptable quality. So the Japanese philosophy was to reduce the time span over which you measured the quality and they aimed to produce a quantity of one at a time. So they brought the time span of discretion over quality down to ideally one day or less. And it's the same, same principle, I think, in terms of managing a business. If you let your time span over which you monitor quality to extend, Uh, It's it's creating this chances for lots of mistakes. The shorter the period over which you monitor the quality of the the business, the less mistakes can occur. And uh, that's that's, uh, moving from a a philosophy of output monitoring to monitoring the inputs. And uh, it's about ensuring that what you put into the business bowl is to the recipe, it's weighed in accordingly, it's controlled, it's managed before you put it in the bowl, so you train people properly, you give them the right resources, you have the right suppliers. And then uh, you report not on what your outputs are, but what the quality of your inputs are. <clears throat> and and the key to this is to engage your workforce in this. And, and part of the input management philosophy is to have what i call visible reporting in the workplace so that people make their own reporting systems about the inputs they're putting into the business process that they're managing and they show it in the workplace they engage their colleagues their superiors their subordinates their suppliers their customers in this process so that there's no chance that you can't see uh, where the issues lie and then of course once you have uh, what you would term a red card, it creates dissatisfaction, it creates pressure for change. And then you can use traditional processes of performance improvement uh, techniques to correct the input managements. So uh, I hope that's uh, a clear uh, explanation of why uh, I think input management's a much better way of managing a business than just monitoring outputs. It's much better than what I call trying to drive the business through the rear vision mirror. It puts you in the driving seat. It enables you to use your combination of controls, the steering wheel, the brake, the clutch, the accelerator, to get the outcomes you're seeking.
0: Great, Peter. It's really, really, really good uh, insight from uh, from you. I remember when we first um, met in Cambridge, um, uh, you'd just finished up with um, a major business up there, uh, where I think you used this technique to turn around. Um, are you able to talk about, about that client? Yeah, and, um, it, it,
1: it was a business that was in the defence sector and it was one of what I call 49 strategic suppliers to the Ministry of Defence and it was supporting the six mobile garages for the armoured vehicle fleet and at that time the armoured vehicle fleet had a very poor availability because the garages weren't working. And over the course of two years we went from number 49 to number one by implementing input management and the key uh, process there was to bring the reporting from lots of computer reports and screens out into the workplace in the form of what I call visible reporting to show where the performance was at variance with the recipe and then deal with that uh, gap in performance on the spot in the workplace on a daily basis.
0: So visible management is sort of key to this
1: yeah it 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 creates an agenda for people to engage with each other you, 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 yeah. you, with a visible reporting uh, technology you're seeing what's got to, what's what's not conforming to your recipe and you, that's creating internal pressure creating organization pressure to take corrective action <clears throat>
0: We, we we were chatting about this the other day, <clears throat> weren't we? And um, I um, sort kind of quite interested in the cake analogy in terms of people communication skills as well, because that seems key here. It's not just about the quality of the um, of the materials and the uh, um, the process. Uh, key to that is um, your your team having no inhibitions about talking things through and understanding each other. So um, communication key here too.
1: Well, it's it's key uh, that you take corrective action quickly. If you let Poor quality go on. You're building up a store of bad results. The quicker you take corrective action, the sooner you're going to be back on recipe. And the visible management creates that automatic uh, facilitates the engagement of people. You know, it gives them something to talk about. They're not they're not uh, sitting in a formal meeting structure, so so to speak. They're standing around a a chart. That they've created, and that they are going to take action there and then to correct uh, things that are not conforming to the recipe.
0: I'm guessing this applies. I know you've worked in um, in um, international government level. You know, you've worked in service service environments. Same true for same true for service businesses or in politics.
1: Uh, yeah, I had a, an interesting uh, time. Um, I was a non-executive director for a major program for the Ministry of Defence, and one of the things I certainly encouraged them to do was to introduce more visible reporting. There's a lot of it in the military, but uh, probably a bit rear-vision mirror <laughs> rather than uh, forward-looking. And I was uh, I was engaged in this board for three years to help them redesign their uh, UK organisation, and. Um, we introduced a project room with visible reporting to move that project along, uh, which resulted in quite a quite a lot of change and the new arrangements standing up as required.
0: Got a great question in from uh, Marcus Daunders here, Peter. Just asking what your view is on um, visible report reporting through KPIs. I don't think that's what really what you're saying. I think you're saying, just see it on the spot. that. What, what's your response about KPIs? Well,
1: well, well, KPIs are important but they are monitoring what you've achieved rather than uh, looking at what are the real inputs to the process and con- ensuring that they conform to the recipe. So it's, it's if, you get the, if you get the inputs right you know that the outcomes will be correct, that the KPIs will be met. So it's not about looking at what's being produced it's looking at what you're tipping into the mixing bowl and ensuring that that conforms to your recipe.
0: Um, very good. Um, so I'm gonna move along, um, but thank you very much, Peter. Really inspiring stuff. I've posted up a slide here. Uh, you know, feel free to email uh, Peter. You can connect with him at our website if you've got questions. We'll fire them in now and uh, we'll um, share them over to Peter. We'll stay on for a few minutes at the end if there's any more questions and just uh, deal with answers while the rest of you head off to work. But thank you very much for that Peter, really cool. I'm gonna move on now and just um, look at the next next chunk. So, this, this concept of uh, Brexit readiness is really just a good example of something that creates uncertainty, but it doesn't need to be Brexit, you know. It could be Frexit, uh, it could be the Scottish referendum, uh, it could be the rise of technology, it could be the Trump effect, uh, it could be robotics, it could be AI, there's disruption everywhere these days and creating a whole heap of uncertainty. And I really like the idea of uncertainty being a competitive advantage for those people who can get to grips with it. So just starting to think about how we might do that. And um, taking the UK, you know, big freight train of an economy, uh, clearly at a cross rail uh, area, crossroads here. So which way are we going to be going? Are we on the left track? Are we on the right track? Just don't know at the moment. Um, some some uh, sounds out there about it, but uh, not sure you know, which way it's going to head and what the impact's going to be. So just thinking about that, you know, for you, what does that mean? Is it just a change? Does it affect your business at all? Um, Do you see it as a crisis? I know some of our clients see it as a crisis and uh, they're heavily affected, some some clients maybe not very much, some just little bits of their business. Are you seeing it as an opportunity? And I think that's a really interesting question. Lots of ways to uh, address the concept of uncertainty strategically. Um, I really like VUCA, uh, which is uh, a, an army approach to, uh, to uncertainty and um, complexity, uh, which uh, we're just gonna walk through that one, and it gives you a kind of a nice way to compartmentalize different types of, um, of uncertainty. So it rates two different things. You've got, um, on the one hand, the level of predictability. How how well can you predict what's going to happen? And on the other hand, your level of knowledge. So how much do you know about what's going to happen? And that neatly gives you four quadrants where you're thinking about um, the high high, which uh, which is volatile. So we know a lot and it's highly predictable. So normally this means it's rapidly moving. So rapidly moving environments are where you'll see a lot of uncertainty. And then we have high knowledge but low predictability. So here we're into uncertainty. This just means the ground is shifting underneath you and uh, you know you don't feel like you're on solid ground anymore. Uh, then we have um, complexity, that's the C in VUCA. So here we have um, high predictability um, um, but low knowledge. So, typically, if this is um, a complex environment, um, an uncertain environment, there's lots of moving parts, lots of factors, and it's really about getting to get into grips with the knowledge of how they all interact. And then, finally, you have the A, which is ambiguity. So, low predictability, low knowledge. And uh, in this is your sort of Donald Rumsfeld kind of area. This is the area of the unknown unknown. So I kind of really like this as just like a post up. So, um, most people's response to uncertainty is to sort of slightly wrap it in the headlights or caution. You know, we're just going to stop and watch. And that's a response. But for me, you know, is that the right response? Well, if you take the concept of VUCA, maybe not. Maybe you need to think about which quadrant the uncertainty is sitting uh, in. And maybe if you just sit and watch, what's going to happen is someone who's better at handling uncertainty is going to get. Ahead of you, so just worth thinking about that. I think. So, um, how might it uh, be addressed? So, um, just thinking about Brexit, just examples. So, we've got clients at the moment in sectors where they rely on uh, European labour force, maybe logistics, maybe in healthcare, maybe in education, that kind of idea. And uh, they're already seeing um, people leaving and a break happening on immigration because people are always thinking, already thinking about that. So, one of the effects would be. Tightening labor market, maybe rising salaries. So that could be an impact there. Uncertainty, so um, how is the competitor market going to react to currency shifts? So we've already seen um, uh, impacts on the pound uh, and on other currencies, which have affected input prices for many many of you, either for you or for your supply chain, or maybe for your customers. Just that question, what do we do on pricing strategy? It's really interesting, um, because that fundamentally depends on how everyone else reacts. So that's huge uncertainty. Then you have this idea of complexity, so just how far of reaching will it be? So let's say um, it all goes horribly wrong and we end up with no deal. Uh, we end up with hard exit. Hard exit means World Trade Organization rules, so far as we understand. Do you know them? Have you read them? Have you gone and uh, looked up where they are? Which of your products are affected? What are the tariffs? Just about increasing the knowledge. The knowledge is out there. It may be just you guys just don't know it. And then finally we have this kind of concept of ambiguity. You know, what's going to happen to the economy in our sector? You know, is it going to be boom, is it going to be bust, is it just different, you know, what, what, what's going to happen down here? So then we have to think about how we react. So here are some possible reactions, just ideas, but it just shows you how the tool works. So volatility, if you remember, we have that tightening labor supply, maybe rising input costs. So early reaction to that, so this sector is all about readiness. So if you know there's a chance you're going to lose uh, supply, you're going to maybe see some price rises, maybe it's time to think about workforce strategy now and build a little bit more redundancy in. So you've got that ribble room if there is a sudden shift. Uncertainty, here we've got to try and think about uh, what's happening with the competitor. So somebody in the team, marketing department or somebody on the commercial side, really needs to be on it in terms of watching what's happening with competitor pricing strategy and reporting that back to the board, so you can see the trends and think about how you're gonna respond. And maybe you can come up with strategies to test, so different parts of your uh, product or service base can be tested for price change uh, and just see what happens. Tariffs, you know, find out more, uh, just get out there, get somebody on in the team to develop a, strat- uh, a specialism on that, so they just absolutely know it and they nail it. Uh, and they know about the other trade deals that are out there and how they're gonna have an impact. So maybe you need to have someone in your team or outsource that knows that. And then on that ambiguity point, um, this is really about little steps, not about stopping. It's about making change, but um, making limited risks, having high expert teams, uh, watching the results, responding. So the ambiguous area is all about iterative strategy. And those people who have agile capabilities are gonna win in that kind of space. So just a question mark to you, is your organization agile? Do you know how to respond with agility? Uh, Or are you like a tanker, just really hard to turn? Just something to think about really. Can you build some agile capability? So just a quick summary of that. So if you've got volatility, is that quick action plan ready? If you're facing uncertainty, what are you doing to test and check the feedback to understand the trends? Where there is complexity, who's on it in terms of researching and learning the facts? And where you have that ambiguity, can you start to build capability uh, around uh, uh, agility and gain expertise in iterative strategy, little steps, and um, iterative change. So a quick summary from today, and then we're wrapping up. So key points. um, uh, Do you know, whether you're a service uh, business, or whether you're a manufacturing business, or you're part of the supply chain, do you have that concept of managing the inputs rather than just watching the outputs? So moving away from KPIs and looking at the um, prescription or the recipe and the communication capabilities for errors so that you just get really high quality product produced in a systemized fashion. Key key to profitability, uh, once you've understood customer needs uh, completely. And then just, you know, what are you doing in terms of thinking about um, responding to Brexit or the other market changing um, uh, effects, so AI, technology, robotics, um, uh, virtual learning, uh, video, all of that amazing stuff that's really disruptive at the moment. How are you responding? How can you get an edge in the marketplace or how can you protect yourself from competitors who are edging against you? Just a quick sort of thought from me. I'm uh, just wondering whether you personally have a 90 day plan for strategic shifts. So not only what you've got to do, but what you've got to change. Uh, I love the idea if the business is going well, it's time to fix it. Um, you know, um, make hay while the sun shines. Uh, Is the the old adage. Um, Do you have a 90 day plan to make hay? Does that cascade down your organization? Is everyone on it in terms of a a 90 day plan? I'm just wondering what's that one thing you're going to act on uh, from uh, today's uh, workshop. Um, And uh, I'm um, just uh, seeing a question coming in from Will. Should we consider elements of VUCA for each scenario? Are we saying each scenario fits one quadrant? So for me, I think um, from today, just think about the tool. Um, Use the tool in your own uh, strategy. Um, Be uh, a little less structured than thinking you have to fit it in one way. I think the way that the tool will operate is to make you think about the different quadrants and give you ideas about the sorts of strategy you could use to uh, deal with different issues that you're facing. So just to wrap up, uh, next Strategy Cafe meetings, 8.30 on the 27th of April, we're going to be talking about um, people and performance. Uh, and we'll have a, another leader interview to kick it off. Um, and uh, if you want to book your place, it's up on the website now. So just head over to olympicsstrategycom forward slash events and you can register for the next one. Uh, look forward to seeing you on that. So, directors, executives, and leaders out there, ask us about our leadership mentoring and coaching. Um, transformational change uh, is uh, often delivered through that one to one support, especially from externals. Uh, And um, also connect about our peer learning network, the London Leaders Forum. That's coming up in May We're going to have two C-suite forums. One is for senior executives uh, major leaders in their organizations Uh, One is for business directors uh, on the main board. Just let us know if you're interested in that and you're welcome to have a free invite to come along to the first one as a taster session and see how you go. Hope you've enjoyed this morning's Strategy Cafe. Uh, Hope you feel on a high after that. process, and uh, look forward to seeing you on on the next one. Thank you all for listening. Um, Please fire in your questions. Me and Peter will stay on for a bit. Um, And uh, you can download the slides on the website at our events page. But that's us done for now. OK, thank you, Marcus. Um, Glad you enjoyed it. Um, If anyone has any questions, just fire them in. Okay, thanks, Michael. Thank you very much. Uh, That's great. Have a great day.